brands marketing at you like you're a computer, not a human? We believe there's more to this business than worshiping at the feet of the algorithm. We're three marketers, Matt Banker, Paige Worthy, and David Hepburn. Marketing can be empathetic, ethical, and effective all at once. I am a this is Hello First Name, a marketing podcast for thinking, feeling humans. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Hello First Name podcast. Uh, we do things a little differently differently here. We're we're live, and then people will be joining the uh, the room as well. So it's a little more interactive. Uh, this is a show where we learn how to buy email lists and send spammy DM pitches on LinkedIn. And Paige is going to tell us about that today. Uh, no, just kidding. Um, we are actually doing a podcast on how to make marketing more human. We're three marketers. We're on the inside of the industry in that way. We're doing marketing, but sometimes we're a little bit skeptical ourselves, uh, even about the tactics that are happening in this industry. So we wanted to start a podcast talking about some of that stuff. Uh, at the heart of it, we do believe that marketing can be empathetic, ethical, and effective all at once. And that's what this conversation is going to be. So my co-hosts are Paige Worthy and David Hepburn, and let's do some quick introductions. Paige, who are you and what do you care about? I care about so many <laughs> things. Um, my name is Paige Worthy. My company is Paige Worthy LLC. I'm a story brand certified guide, and I help my clients with overall marketing strategy, marketing messaging, and all of the deliverables that go along with that messaging. So full sales funnels, website content, email marketing. I'm especially excited about email because I believe the inbox is a sacred space and we have so many opportunities to honor that sacred space and really build relationships within uh, our email marketing. So that's what I do. Um, and we'll get into more of what I care about during our next segment. David! Who are you? In the episodes to come. <laughs> hey, I'm David Hepburn. Uh, I am the Chief Creative Officer and co-founder at Hepburn Creative Inc. We are a video production company that works with businesses and nonprofits to create high-end videos. We believe that every, uh, whether, every business or nonprofit, regardless of what side of the spectrum you're on in that, should be changing the world or should have the tools that they need to change the world. And so we create the video content that helps them do that. <laughs> you both, uh, you sound so um, high. What's the word? Like, like you're doing important things in the world. I'm going to sound like the crass capitalist on this podcast. <laughs> uh, my name is Matt Banker. We can put that um, in your lower third. <laughs> that's that sounds good. Crass capitalist. Uh, I I have two. I, I, yeah, crass capitalist. I have two agencies, sort of, uh, two two brands, basically. Uh, Banker Creative, we build story brand websites, also a story brand guide. Uh, just signed up for my sixth year as a story brand guide. And my other business is called Benchmark Growth Marketing. And we are in a narrow niche of doing marketing for accounting firms. Um, and I, I mean, I'm super interested in what is working now. Uh, Maybe I, I am kind of the cynic uh, on on this podcast about marketing things, or at least I'm always questioning what uh, is working and not. And so I'll be the one to be the devil's advocate and try to poke holes in in whatever whatever Paige has to say today. I'm gonna no. can't wait. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I'm gonna be that I'm gonna be that uh, helpful 
what's the helpful antagonist to, to help you uh, clarify your thinking on? on yeah, that, I'll so. be the judge of that. But I think, uh, I think the re- <laughs> <laughs> the helpful part. I think yeah. the really important thing as we're getting started, as we're getting started with this and with it being episode one, is that this is something and something that we've all the three of us have talked about is that this is a dialogue. This should be a dialogue. Mm-hmm. And marketing, the world of marketing is rapidly changing. It always has been. There's, you know, there's a lot of talk of like the old way of doing marketing and the new way of doing marketing. There's no, that. that's not, it's not that polarized. Like it's, it's a constant changing world of how we do marketing. There's, you know, if you do a, a Google search, if you're a business or you're, you know, someone who's getting into marketing or has been in marketing a long time, you know that you can click on, you know, a search engine and say, you know, 10 tips for marketing. And there's going to be thousands of blog posts that talk about what those 10 tips or, you know, whatever should be at any given time. And, you know, you often have to look at the date of when that was published because you're like, oh, this is obviously mm-hmm. an old, this is obviously an old way. And it's like yeah. published in 2021. And you're like, cool. Yeah. Those, cool. those hot so, takes you know, this is an go, ever- uh, go lukewarm really fast. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. It's, it's fast food for sure. Uh, And so, you know, we just have, this is a dialogue and that's what the three of us are here to do is, is basically to have a dialogue, not only together, but live with you, the audience. And that's something that we're really excited about. Yeah. I love this platform because this, this means that I get like a third of the time um, in, in the meeting. And then, you know, the three of us can talk and then there's all these other people that can also ask questions, but we don't have to fully share the platform with, with everybody. We get to control it a little bit. Yeah. This is, this is me being the, the cynical control. So that, so the crass, no, it is, I mean, it is cynical capitalist. (laughs) This title, this title is getting longer by the minute. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, this this should be fun, though. So what we're going to do today is uh, Paige has a topic. Um, she wants to talk about consent in marketing. Not just Paige isn't the only one that wants to talk about it. We all want to <laughs> talk about this, but she's prepared something to talk about it. Uh, and so it's going to be a little bit of an interview style. And then we're going to open it up for questions. And those can be questions on specifically on the topic at hand, or it can, we'll see where it goes. Maybe it'll broaden out a little bit more than that. Uh, and at the end, we'll, we'll wrap up with something fun that, uh, that we can't stop thinking about. So what do you think? Should we dive into it? That sounds great. Yes. Paige, take Let's. us away. Yeah. Give us, give us kind of an overview. What do you consent in marketing? What, what does that mean? What's the background? Why do you think that it's important? So um, in my intro, I mentioned uh, the inbox being a sacred space um, and that it's our job to kind of honor that sanctity. And um, that is how I feel about a lot of marketing. Um, I want to ground us in kind of where I'm coming from right now. Um, I am in the midst of a feminist copywriting certification that dovetails really nicely with the the story brand way, right? The framework um, in that it's really grounded in empathy and it this copywriting certification goes one step further in um, really applying intersectionality and things like consent in marketing um, to really acknowledge 
the life experience of the people that we're marketing to. Um, consent in particular um, comes from the the social trigger of reciprocity that drives a lot of marketing today, whether we acknowledge or know it or not as marketers. So the idea of reciprocity, if you think about um, the the free gift or free sample that makes us feel unconsciously like, oh, well, they, they gave me something free. I should... I should buy it. Um, God, like the people at the mall who are like, oh, can I give you like a hand massage? And they have the lotions and stuff and they spend like 10 minutes going through their thing and like making your hands feel like butter. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I guess I should buy this like dead sea salt package for $75. (laughs) I only say that because I've fallen for it. I've like hook, line and sinker. Um, yeah, I've got I've got the kit. I bought the T-shirt. Like it's the, it's a whole thing. So reciprocity is a really powerful concept, and we might know about it as marketers. I hope anyone who listens to this now has it on their radar. But a lot of people don't because it's an unconscious trigger, and a lot of people won't necessarily be affected by this. But there are people with maybe marginalized identities or different life experiences for whom abuse of the idea of reciprocity can can really be harmful to them. It can bring up um, a situation that they survived or went through and and it can it can just really negatively affect them. So seeking consent and naming the fact that like hey we get that you know reciprocity can be a a powerful concept and I want to make sure you understand what I'm doing here when you know I ask you for your information to download a lead generator or I invite you to subscribe to my newsletter for helpful tips um, the expectation on our end is always you know I'm gonna build trust with this person to hopefully eventually get them to buy just saying that is seeking consent in itself like just naming it can be enough to provide consent so there are other ways that you can go farther with that but that's the basic tenet of consent in marketing mm-hmm. yeah so like right now when, when you're thinking about that uh where where are you seeing that like really abused or like what are who are the who are the worst uh the, the worst places that we're seeing, maybe lack of consent um, or marketing kind of intruding in, in that way that's not really um, doing it well. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, um, the idea of reciprocity is something uh, in the status quo of marketing that hasn't traditionally been questioned very much. Like it's it's really been thought of as like, well, this is the way we do it because this is how we get sales. So. I'm not going to name names because there are a lot of businesses that incorporate mm-hmm. this, um, you know, light abuse of the idea of reciprocity, mm-hmm. um, potentially unwittingly. So I do have some examples of, you know, bad, <laughs> bad consent. Um, so one of those that that I see a lot um, is. When you go to make a purchase from a website, 
um, you know, you, you buy one thing that you know you wanted. And instead of asking you like, hey, thanks for your purchase. Do you want to hear from us some more? The onslaught <laughs> immediately begins. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you just bought this thing, but don't you want to buy more? And just so many online retailers send just an inordinate number of marketing messages in any given week. And it can be overwhelming. And often it can breed resentment of a brand, um, at least mm-hmm. if you're me. Yeah. If you're me, Absolutely. it breeds intense resentment. Um, well, and the, cra- the the really wild thing about that, too, is uh, there has been times recently, like if you take that to the extreme, there's even been times recently where I've made a purchase of something online and I start getting marketing emails from the company before I receive the product that I bought. And 100%. Uh, hey, hey, let's get that thing that I transactionally asked for before you start selling mm-hmm. me on more. Correct. Yeah, it's um, it's it's really obnoxious. Um, and there are, you know, these these online retailers in particular have the data and the capability to wait on that. You know, they have so much data on us as customers. They know when a shipment has triggered. They know when something has been delivered. Like they get all that information. And it would be so easy to segment that down and say, hey, this person's a customer. Maybe maybe it would make sense to send them one coupon for their next purchase. But don't start with the, like Samaria says, four to five emails a day um, until we have a chance to decide if we even want to patronize this company mm-hmm. again. Um, so that's one. I really, really I really don't even know example. I don't even know a. I don't even know a single company that I love enough to get four to five emails a day from, <laughs> regardless of no, of that. Why? So why, in your mind, why do you think companies are doing that? Does it just come down to well that it seems to work? We can A/B test this, and it seems like quantity is just effective therefore we'll we'll do it is that i mean is that as simple as it is you know repetition is a huge part of what people believe makes marketing effective um and these just because you can doesn't mean you should right that's a that's a good phrase to internalize Mm -hmm. and i think that these businesses assume that there's so much noise in the inbox which is a correct assumption um, that they need to hammer their message through to be heard. Mm-hmm. When really, perhaps it would be worth it to A-B test, you know, sending fewer and, you know, making making the offer more compelling or segmenting down based on, I don't know, what you bought <laughs> or, mm-hmm. you know, what page you were looking at when you signed up for the, off to get a discount code. Like, I think those things might be linked. Like, use the incredible amounts of data that you have at your disposal to do something good with them. Don't just, when the first time somebody gives you their email address, don't just dump them into the big old funnel and, Mm -hmm. you know, and and have that just be enough. I, I think a lot of the time it's more laziness than it is anything else. Um, and it ends up being really yucky and abusive. Um, 
Yeah. So I think I think there's a lot of assumptions that marketers have of like, oh, this is this is how we've done it or this is what a lot of times reading reports too about, hey, this is you know, such and such company said um, this is what works from like what David said earlier, this works for marketing. You look and it's it's an article for, from 2017. And so they're relying on data that is really is really outdated at this point. Uh, I was I, I think um, was it Miriam had a post on uh, subject LinkedIn lines. today talking about yeah talking about subject lines and and the thing I, I thought about was that oh man I'm losing my train of thought here <laughs> what, what were we talking about we were talking about uh, oh like stuff that used to right. work there's this there's this idea that you can you can just keep hitting people with these like overly copywritten subject lines again and again, and that that's, that's the magic sauce, right? Like if you just follow the template or, or follow the experts, it's going to work. And if we really took a step back and just said, what works on me, that would be, that would be an easy like step to take as a marketer to validate, is this still working? You know, for me, it's, for me recently, it's really been the ebook download. I don't know the last time that I downloaded an ebook, <laughs> an ebook and then like went on to purchase a product. And so it's the same thing with email though. You ask, okay, what companies that send me four to five emails a day, the only lazy part there is, is me being lazy, not unsubscribing. Like I'm not going <laughs> to buy from them, but I just haven't gotten around to like getting them out of my inbox yet, and but they're I not going to come back. I am either. a rampant unsubscriber. Yeah. Um, and mm. Well, this is this is getting away from the idea of consent, but when I <laughs> a when I get an email confirming that I've unsubscribed, my god, go to hell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I literally am not inviting you into my inbox and you're back saying, "See you later." Mm -hmm. If you change your mind, oh my god. Um mm. that's that's just like <laughs> I don't know, poking yeah. the bear. Well, here's um, a, here's a question, Paige, Paige. What are what are ways it sounds like one of the things that I'm hearing as you and Matt are talking about this is the idea that we are making decisions as, as businesses and marketers based on what we're reading as like industry things to try or industry, you know, tips and tricks. What are or ways benchmarks yeah, that maybe don't even apply to us? Right. What are ways that businesses and marketers can be listening to their audience rather than the industry as ways that they can better connect with the people they're actually trying to reach. So asking feels like a, a revolutionary start, you know, like if, if someone has given you permission to, to be in their inbox, for example, why not take an opportunity to on the back end, segment them further. Find out what do you care about, like what's like what actually brought you here. Um, there's there's a debate I'm sure to whether that belongs in the opt-in form, although that presents a barrier to entry and asking too many questions. Um, you know, ask them what kind of emails they want to receive. Um, give them lots of opportunities to dial in their preferences. Don't just make it a blanket subscribe, unsubscribe. Um, and then use your data, especially if you're a larger company, find out, you know, what group of people is opening certain campaigns or 
um, you know, we, we get so much data on people if we're regularly putting out content and, you know, how many companies are using it beyond the vanity metric when there's really a lot of good information about what people want, what people respond to. Can I, can I ask about a, a test case and just get your kind of sure. opinion on it? So this is, I think this is pretty typical. You join a, like a professional organization as a vendor partner. And so you get a, an email list of the, the people that okay. are part of that org. Uh, they've given, I'll, I'll call it implied consent by being a part of this organization that they have vendor partners and part of how they fund, you know, their events and things is that it, it, they give access yeah. to their group. Um, so I want to set up an email campaign to reach out to these people who are right in my ideal yep. customer profile. I know they need my services, but they haven't explicitly opted in. It's just kind of an implied consent. Um, typically, what we do is is I write I write like a three email warm up sequence, uh, we've, which we've is email number before. one. <laughs> yeah. So number one is hey you're on my list because of this reason. We're part of the same organization. Please opt out if you don't want to be getting these emails, but I'm planning on sending you additional emails af after this. Uh, and then you follow up with, you know, I'm gonna send you some great content. And then you might send something that's a little more of like a marketing email um, as one of those three. Give me, give me the, and, and if, if you, if it's a teardown and say, hey, don't do that, I'm, I'm happy to hear it. But what's your, what's your thought on that? That's a pretty typical, you know, that's the fuzzy line of marketing of what, what's right. working and how do you get access to people and how do you honor their like consent and, and willingness to, to hear from you? I think there are different levels of, uh, Severity is the word that's coming to mind. That's not exactly what I'm looking for, but there are there are levels of adherence to the idea of consent where, you know, Erica Bryant uh, would say, don't introduce yourself. Um, you know, no, don't waste space in somebody's mm -hmm. inbox just saying like, hi, I got your email address. Mm -hmm. Nice to meet you. Um, and I think I adhere to that. Um, I would show up immediately and just offer the dang resource, you know, just say, you can, you can say somewhere in the email, like, Hey, I'm a fellow member of X organization. I'm a vendor and you know, you'll start to see me at events or whatnot. I'm looking forward to getting to know you. Here's one of my favorite resources for businesses like you, you could download it here. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you never want to hear from me again, you can opt out. Yeah. I, and yeah, sorry, <laughs> I was just, I was just going to dovetail on what you're saying, Paige, <laughs> that as a video company, we don't do a ton of email marketing. We often provide resources that go into the video or the email marketing that other people are creating for businesses and nonprofits. I, but I, I, mm -hmm. from my own personal experience, I have always felt a little bit sketched out by the idea of getting access to a list of names and then using that to email them. Because for me personally, I, and I think Paige, you've given me the words to put to this feeling. I feel like by the time you're in someone's inbox, it's too late to be asking for consent. You need like, it needs to be, yeah. the consent should be pre inbox. Cause like you said, it's a sacred space where we all get so many emails 
that by the time you have an email showing up, like if I get an email from someone that I don't know, it's almost instantly a delete. I may not even open the email to before deleting it. Like I open and read emails from people that I have already said yes to, but I don't, yeah. I don't like, there's no first email where I give people a chance and go, oh yeah, that's, that seems interesting. Like I'm doing that on the web or on social media or on personal relationships who've said, hey, you should check out this resource. And I think that's, kind of a tricky thing to wrestle with since it is such a common form of marketing for a lot of businesses and industries to do that, to get that email list or, you know, to buy that list of potentially hundreds of hundreds of thousands mm -hmm. of names where, you know, you have whole services that are like, we can scrub these lists for you. And, I, you know, I just think that goes, yeah. that's sketch. How do you guys feel about that? Well, and I, I think, I think Matt's point about, you know, when someone becomes a member of an organization, um, there is implied consent there that like, yep, we understand like there are select vendors who are going to be right. reaching out to me. The organization giving you an opportunity to opt out of those vendor communications would be aces, you know, like that's. That's a good mm -hmm. step that the organization can and should take. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I, I think that organizations are increasingly actually moving away from giving people access to those lists and instead yeah. finding other ways to create value for their sponsors so that yeah. the, the funds keep coming in. Yeah. What those are. I'm not entirely sure because I don't I don't deal much in the membership organization space. Yeah, but mm -hmm. I. That's true. I think that, the, that is the sponsored one area blog where posts. it's not sponsored blog posts or you know and an offering where you know maybe the vendor gets to partner with uh, partner with the vendor on a webinar for members, um, a lunch and learn, mm -hmm. an event at an in person conference. Something like that, where you're you're giving access, but then allowing people to think, "Oh, that was really helpful to me. I I'm gonna go, you know, download the resource that they offered at the end of the webinar." Yeah. Or um, mm -hmm. like whether the organization is prepared to do the lift to create that resource, like that, then becomes a a pretty large onus on the organization to create that particular value. Uh, and again, it goes to the idea of either lack of resources because a lot of professional organizations have super shoestring staff. Absolutely. Um, and laziness, again, um, you know, yeah. there, there might be some of that and a shifting of priorities might be in line yeah. for organizations that are still doing it the old school yeah. way. A it's almost so, it's almost a comfort a it's almost a comfortability in what is like we we hide behind the idea of industry standard a lot where it's like well I do this because if yep. I don't <laughs> my competitors are doing it and you even see that in like the hostile this is the way we've the, always done right. it and you even see that in the hostile way that companies will be like you know the pop up that's like sign up for our newsletter or you know sign up for our legion. And then no, no thanks. I'd rather my competitors get this. Right. <laughs> uh, exactly. And I think that's another that's another really icky tactic that you know, like just mm -hmm. let somebody say no. Don't guilt them or or try to scare them 
into, you know, mm -hmm. the scarcity of resources and the zero sum game of like, well, if you don't take it, somebody else is going to, and mm -hmm. they're going to use the information to beat you at your <laughs> game. Like, come on. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, let's, let's talk about that a little. So on one hand, you could hear this conversation and it could sound like, okay, I'm in marketing and you're saying you should, I should unilaterally disarm and stop doing all of these tactics that, that are common and best practices, you know, in quotes <laughs> that people are using. But I do think that there's, I think there's an upside to being a company that is more transparent and is explicit about this, right? So let, let's talk a bit about that. What are, how do you how do you weaponize asking <laughs> consent as a like? Sorry, that's no, that's too I, much well, war metaphor. You know. But you know, how do you turn that into a tool that's that's a benefit for you as a marketer instead of just something that you're going to stop doing and therefore like self limit? Yeah. Um, that's a great question, and I think the the best example of seeking consent um, came out of the lead up to Mother's Day. Mm. Um, and this conversation mm. has focused really heavily on email. There are other ways to do this yeah. on other platforms, but I think email is such a great place to crystallize the idea of consent. So leading up to Mother's Day, I started getting emails from businesses that I've given permission to come into my inbox, um, offering me an opportunity to opt out of Mother's Day campaigns. Um, Mother's Day is a really fraught holiday for a lot of people, whether they, you know, have, have recently lost their mother, um, not in the supermarket to death. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that clarification was necessary. Um, maybe they have had a miscarriage or, um, you know, there are a lot of reasons that maybe it just don't, maybe you have a toxic relationship with your mother or your family. And for any reason, you just don't want to hear about it. Businesses like Etsy and uh, Pandora Jewelry and a let's see, Uncommon Goods, Parachute Away. I'm looking at an article from, from NPR that did a, a pretty hearty download of some of the companies that were doing this. The, it was a really simple email that acknowledged, hey, we get that this can be a tough time for people. If you wanna opt out of these targeted emails, like we'll still, we'll still send you emails about, you know, products that you're interested in, but you won't get our Mother's Day messaging. That is an example of something that just is not that heavy of a lift yeah. to create a, you know, a segmented list of people who in general don't mind being marketed to, right. and then just remove the people who say, Hey, I don't really want to get these emails. Um, I think that's that's one one thing that marketers can and should be doing anyway is don't just have a blanket subscribe unsubscribe create lists for different types of campaigns find out again ask what people are interested in hearing about um you know like i don't really care about company news a lot of the time <laughs> but if it's you know if it's a valuable like a, like I never no, care about companies. No, no one does. Um, that's like that's just something that that marketing teams have to do because their PR department or their 
top brass tells them like, oh, we have to let them know that, you know, we've partnered with XYZ or like our earnings report is out. But no, (laughs) no one wants to hear about that. Um, So that's a really good example. And people notice when you do things like that. And of course, when you're a big consumer brand, the notice is going to be more prominent. You might get a little bit of a press bump, but it's, it's also just the right thing to do. Um, I had a friend who, and this is on the topic of mothers again, in part because women are often marginalized. Um, women deal with a lot of, you know, negative healthcare experiences, um, you know, pay disparities, et cetera, et cetera. A woman's insurance company had gotten wind of the fact likely because she had a prenatal appointment or you know got got an indication from the health system that she was with child right and she miscarried she lost the baby and a few months later uh she got she got an email with a reminder about like, hey, it's time for your baby's first batch of vaccinations. And like, hey, what business of yours is it to to send out that kind of messaging? And like that's that's the doctor's office's job. Like let let the company that I don't know if you can hear that. Um, I was gonna say sorry, I feel like that's a really well this is very important. It's a really well timed sound effect for what we're talking about. <laughs> this is about. an emergency. It's an ev- exactly. <laughs> um yeah, so A, let let someone whose actual responsibility that is do it. And B, like why? Yeah. Like what what value do you think you're providing to someone who you clearly in the case of this woman know absolutely nothing about except for the data, the outdated data that you have yeah. on someone? Like if it's easy enough for you to get information about the person being pregnant, like it should be easy enough to get information about the fact that they miscarried. Um, so I think just don't be a dummy and use, use data responsibly. Like if, like if we can over personalize emails and make it sound like an email is from, you know, a real human who, you know, wants to be your buddy and sell you shit. You know, you can also be an actual human. Yeah. Yeah. I, one of the, something that I hear throughout this conversation is just the idea of intentionality. Like, and it it comes back to the core of what our podcast is going to be about is that it's marketing for thinking, feeling humans. Like this is so much of, of marketing now that's advertised to businesses is the idea of like this, just set it and forget it being able to like automate your email and automate your social media mm-hmm. and automate, 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 automate. And that's, and that's yeah. great. There's a lot of really amazing benefits to that. But at the end of the day, like it should be an email from a human to a human. It shouldn't be just something yeah. that you're building that goes out into the world. And statistically speaking, you're going to get X amount of clicks and X amount of sales from it. It should yeah. be about, is this email mm-hmm. going to be opened by a human being? And are you going to feel that connection to to each other through that? Not just as a business, but as an actual, like you said, Paige, tr- mm-hmm. the transparency of 
from a company to an individual. Because at the end of the day, your company should be about providing value to someone. You know, even if it's even if it's business to business, you're still providing value to humans who work at that business. And so you really need to. And to incredibly busy people who have a business. Absolutely. So if you're not if you're not going to provide value, why are you there? Absolutely. Absolutely. So Mm -hmm. I want to I want to close with a a couple of thoughts about consent. Um, Anybody can hit this unsubscribe button. Matt's too lazy to do it, but he's capable of it, right? Um, <laughs> I am you capable are of able, it. <laughs> your index finger works. Um, but th- that, is, that is work that we shouldn't expect yeah. people to have to do. If we build consent into our marketing practices, we're going to reach people who are enthusiastically ready to receive what we're sending them. Um, we have a lot of power as marketers, um, and with great power comes great responsibility. (laughs) Right. Um, and I think the other, the other thing is going back to the idea of, you know, why, why would you want people in your marketing orbit who resent you for for wallpapering your inbox with, Mm -hmm stuff they don't want to see. Like, don't you want to be sending content to people who actually want to get it? Like we're building Mm -hmm. relationships as marketers. So don't set yourself up to be building an adversarial relationship. You know, like Sarah in the comments said, I'd love it if unnamed bra companies sent me body positivity affirmations rather than text to buy more bras. A woman can only have so many bras. Like, are there other ways, especially if you're claiming to be a body positive brand, are there other ways that you can show up and engender some warm fuzzies for your brand? Like, build that relationship. Um, And Mm -hmm. there, there are different types of marketers. There are transactional marketers and there are relational marketers. And... I know, um, David, we, we've joked about how the idea of being relational is like, maybe that's a slippery bowling ball, but, but the idea that you're building a relationship rather than just trying to hammer in a sale through whatever it is that you're, Mm -hmm. you're sending. Um, so let's, let's make a pledge that we're going to cultivate enthusiasm for our brand, not, you know, abject hatred. (laughs) Not just a, not just a pursuit, not just a pursuit of the next sale. Yeah, absolutely. Correct. Thank you, Paige, for there's, there's obviously a lot of, uh, thought and passion around those ideas. And I think it's interesting to, for us to just keep thinking, there's always this tension between what do we know we should be doing and what do we think is going to be effective? And I think a lot of marketers feel yeah. like they're being pulled in two different directions. And a lot of the, these things I think make sense at a like human being level. Yeah. Like this is how I want to right. interact with other human beings, but there's this pressure that you have to, um, to do things that are going to be a little, uh, more, you know, pushy, um, yeah, a lot of the you time know, that not... pressure comes from up top because mm-hmm. they think that's what drives results. Yeah. 
And because they think Mm -hmm. like, well, you know, this is what worked at my old, my old place of employment, or, you know, this is what I'm seeing our competitors doing. And marketers have to fight an uphill battle, even if they are, you know, working to be more ethical and more empathetic. Um, A lot of the time they just have to fight Mm -hmm. to make that change. Yeah. Which sucks. Mm Yeah, we have the advantage. We're all outside, right? right? We can. We're the boss. We're, we're working for right. our clients. We can kind of choose who we work right. for and, and start to communicate that. But a lot of marketers are in yeah. a business, and their objectives and things are are a little different. Well, I uh, I dropped it into the chat, and that if people had questions, let's let's open it up. Lynn just asked in the comments a really great question, Paige. How how far do you take the whole sensitivity thing? That's a loaded question, um, but, but, a, but a good one. Um, I, especially as I go through, um, yep, Lynn, so Lynn just clarified, I mean, should brands ask permission to post about Father's Day and every other holiday? How about specific topics? Everyone can potentially be offended by any content. That's such a good point. Um, I think... You know, online retailers are one thing. Um, Other types of businesses that aren't necessarily selling products directly to consumers. I think one really important question to ask is, what is the purpose of me sending an email about, and I've ranted about this on LinkedIn before, um, like, why are you sending an email on President's Day? Why are you sending an email on Arbor Day? Like, if you're selling mattresses or furniture, go ahead, send that President's Day email. <laughs> um, if you actively have a, a tree planting initiative within your business or you're doing something to really shift your business's ecological footprint, mm-hmm. great, send the email. Um, so I think one way to circumvent the idea of hypersensitivity is again to be intentional with what you're sending and and really think through what is the what am i trying to accomplish by putting out this communication the same goes for social media um when i see Mm -hmm. x business you know posting a picture of, you know, a waving flag and a screaming eagle on Veterans Day or Memorial Day. I'm like, y'all, what are you adding to the conversation? <laughs> like, uh, and, and that's mm-hmm. me being like the reverse of sensitive. Um, I, I get like, yes, we, we appreciate our troops. Thank you for your service, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But like, what, what, why? <laughs> well, I, I think with those sorts of situations, a lot of companies, and this is this is a whole other topic, but they confuse mm-hmm. vanity metrics for Correct. marketing, right? Like it's easy to post that Memorial Day um, thing on on Facebook and LinkedIn and get a lot of clicks and a lot of likes and you know whatever it is, but those are not the sort of metrics that are actually contributing to sales. It's not really building a relationship. No one is and going so to remember. If your no marketing one's going to remember is, like, oh, wow. No. They posted a really great GIF on, you know, National Pizza Day. Right. <laughs> like, so good. No. Yeah. 
but it's the it's the incentives if if the marketing is judged on those sorts of metrics yeah. to determine if their social media strategy is working uh you can see yeah. why we post things over post uh, but i i think ultimately it comes down to companies post right. that when they don't know what else to say like they don't actually have a content strategy or a point of view that matters and so they default to things like company news holiday updates you know and and this really like surface level stuff that is it's it, all it is is it's yeah. i mean it's inbox marketing yeah. you're just showing up with your name yep. in their inbox right. but you're not right. you're not adding and i think i think the other the other thing to consider um particularly regarding you know everyone potentially being offended by something it's true um and i think businesses just need to be clear on what they care about. Like for me, I, I get offended by a lot. Um, and I, I don't <laughs> necessarily, I try not to preach about those things in the communication that I do. But if there's, if there's an opportunity to constructively contribute to the conversation, in a way that will add value for folks, whether it's just teaching them something, making them aware of a blind spot, whatever. Honestly, come hell or high water, like if it if it pisses somebody off, that's okay because it's the hill that I've chosen to die on. And that's that's the reverse of worrying about offending someone by, you know, sending out a Mother's Day email. I think it just depends on what your priorities are as a business. And if it's okay if if you don't particularly care about that one thing. And if you know if you know who your ideal customer is and they don't necessarily care about that topic, um, you know, about flubbing up talking about that topic, then then don't don't spend so much time worrying about it. There's I think there's like a Dr. Seuss thing about those those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind i don't know but just <laughs> understand who you're talking to and you know again build a relationship be intentional and worry about it if it's something you feel like you should be yeah. worried about i think that's a big part of it i think i think it's the idea that in our in our own lives as humans, we have a tendency to think that we are the main character of the story. And what we forget is that everyone is the main character in their own story. And so it's not like this movie where it, it's not the Truman Show, where it's all about this one character and everyone is the supporting <laughs> character around them. That's not the way life works. And so one thing that I think is really important as we talk about this idea of consent mm -hmm. is that it is critical, and again, this comes back to intentionality, you have to think about your audience. You have to be, like there's no just being flippant about some of the stuff that you send or post. Like you just have to think about who your audience is, who those individuals are, even beyond like, I think about my customer persona and that person's name is this. Like if you have an audience at all, you can think about who those people are. You can spend the time, ugh, but that means I'm gonna have to waste time doing that. It's like, yeah. 
And the benefit you're going to see. But is it's it It's not waste? because what you're going to see is there. And it's the same way in our relationships in life that you can't just leap straight to, you know, the really close, really fierce relationships with individuals. Like very rarely does that happen. You know, it's not we're not all living in a rom-com like there's a reality where yeah, i know i'm sorry i'm we're sorry not. it's just not true um you there is a period of time where you get to know even a friendship you get to know someone and you learn their likes and dislikes you learn to connect and we see this in business that there you know the axiom is that a returning customer is so much more valuable than constantly going out and getting new customers. Getting new customers is so expensive compared to how do we just continue a relationship with existing customers. And so that's this this thing that we're talking about here is by giving people, like if you give people no opportunity to either, like if all you give them is subscribe or unsubscribe, people are going to pick unsubscribe after, you know, it may be after one email, it may be after five, it may be after 10, but that's what they're going to pick. And then you've lost that opportunity. Whereas like you're saying, Paige, giving yeah. people the opportunity to connect at different levels or like choose what they're interested in by being intentional, you're not only keeping them, you're, you're making your brand stickier where they're sticking around okay. rather than, you know, just bailing. And it gives you an opportunity. It gives you more metrics. It gives you more mm -hmm. of an idea of, oh, look, we yep. have a bigger audience that chooses to hear about, you know, if you're that bra company, it's like, oh, look, a lot of people are choosing that they'd love to hear more, you know, body affirming positivity kind of emails. Like write more of those because those are the customers mm -hmm. telling you that's the way to reach them. So you got to be, it's a constant, yep. you got to be listening, you got to be intentional, and you've got to be willing to come at it from a compassionate, humble perspective to say, I'm here to serve the customer. I'm here to serve my audience. Mm -hmm. It's not about me. Oh, imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> what a world that would be. There's a there was a question over on LinkedIn, and I think we're we're gonna wrap up here quick, pretty quick here. But about um, what kind of trends of what is working in email are you seeing? And then also just from a content standpoint, um, you know, more more design, less design, more narrative. Um, it's kind of a what David's talking about. Figuring out what is it that your audience does care about and wants to wants to hear but Paige what are your what are your thoughts on just some this, it's a more general question about some best practices it around is. email marketing um, unfortunately I did not prepare information on that topic so <laughs> I cannot answer <laughs> <laughs> um that's you know honestly I I would love to to hear from you guys on uh on what what email trends are, are out there for you because as much as I can talk about consent in email marketing I'm not always doing the best job of, you know, sending out marketing emails for my own business. And, um, you know, only, only so often do I get to write ongoing campaigns for my own clients. Mm -hmm. Um, so. Mm -hmm. Well, what are the emails that you open right now? Like what's working on you? Maybe that's an easier way to answer this question. I don't open a lot of emails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, well, what did you um, not unsubscribe well, I, to? I have been unsubscribing <laughs> from a lot of product-focused emails lately um, because, mm -hmm. and, and I, I won't say that uh, it's because I don't want to interact with a brand. I have some brands that I'm very loyal to 
whose emails I've unsubscribed from because I, mm-hmm. I don't right. need them. Um, I have a plugin mm-hmm. in my browser that will find all the coupon codes. So like, I don't need you. I don't need y'all to send me a discount code. <laughs> like I can get it through my yes. shopping app. Um, I, yeah. I'm part of a lot of, uh, Substacks and other kind of journalism mm-hmm. slash discussion groups where I'm being directly invited to contribute to the conversation. And that's what we're trying to do here too. Like we're trying to make people an active part of a discussion and not just like blah, blah, blah at them. So I almost mm-hmm. always open those emails and see like, is this a conversation that I feel like I can contribute to constructively? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm also, I mean, I open most of my, my news related emails because I let that stuff come yeah. to me instead of letting it bombard me all yeah. through the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I find that not a lot of email marketing resonates with me as, as a consumer because mm. so many people are just yeah blanketing. I- yeah. Bad answer to that question. I'll say one thing that <laughs> there's a simple thing that works for me is I hmm. I don't click from an email to read anything. Oh yeah. I will if it's if the content is in the email, I will read it. If it's good, there's a few there's a few um writers that I really appreciate what they're sending me. But if they ask me if they tease a blog article and I need to go to their site to read it, and I would out of 10, so, I would and I would so I'd much rather, rather the be do the, the opposite. Um, I get I get distracted <laughs> in my inbox. So I will almost invariably go to the blog post and I'll I'll save it to my pocket so I can read it later when I can really dedicate my attention to it if it's a topic that I really care about, which <laughs> I think goes to the idea that people have so many different ways of taking in your content. And, you know, if they, if they unsubscribe from your emails for any reason, like it's not personal, it's just information. And, you know, you can, you can use that information without getting offended by the fact that like, oh, this campaign really didn't work. It's important to remember too, Mm -hmm. that our and this is going to vary wild, wildly depending on what the product is and who the audience is and how big the audience is. But the reality is for pretty much, I don't know what percent of products, and I'm not an expert enough to like say in my experience, it's this percent. A lot of, a lot, a I lot of consumers, and by a lot of consumers, I mean me, in my experience, <laughs> there are, there are so many products that I don't need all the time. But I'm not giving up on being a customer, and so you have to, as you're as you're thinking mm-hmm. about marketing to your audience, you remember that, like Sarah was saying in the comments about the you know body positivity emails, it's not always about making a sale. Sometimes it's just purely about being top of mind. But but the top, top of mind shouldn't come in the form of like our company update or you know whatever like you have to be intentional in whatever based on Mm -hmm. your market based on your audience what those you know ongoing emails are but it's not always about selling and even you just have to it's just it's just continuing to say hey we're here but in a valuable way to your audience so that it's like you you know uh, 
six months between whatever the, you know, look at whatever the buying cycle is on whatever your product is and say, our customers aren't like, they're just not going to mm -hmm. buy daily or weekly if it's a monthly product or a bi-yearly product. They yeah. just aren't. So how do you continue that relationship in a meaningful way without getting to that, whatever that six month or a year mark or whatever it is and your customer goes what was the name yeah. of that company crap and then you run the risk of them just going to an, a search engine and yeah. finding your competitor you know like how do you how do you maintain that top of mind mm -hmm. but in a way that it brings value to your customer and recognizes the that your customer isn't looking for you to sell to them every time they're just but but they are looking yeah. for you to continue that relationship so what does that look like in your market yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's how we not only get consent, yeah. but maintain it. Yeah. All right. What can we not stop thinking about? I want to hear, I want to hear it from Matt. I can, I can go. I, uh, on, I was, I was traveling for work last week or earlier this week, last week. Yeah. Uh, I think Thursday night I went to see Everything, yes. everywhere, all at once. I've not yet, but I've heard such great things. I, you, you know, I don't it? go to theaters. Okay. Well, so what I can't stop thinking about, and I don't really want to give spoilers, is hot dog <laughs> fingers. Uh, for those, for anyone that has seen it, um, I mean, it's a crazy movie. Uh, I this is like, I don't know, background information on Matt. I I spent some time living in China, and so I, I speak some functional but not fluent Chinese. Uh, and there's there's a family that speaks Chinese in the movie. And I found myself <laughs> at various points being the only person laughing at a joke that didn't translate by subtitle, yeah. but was pretty funny in, wow. in the original. So um, anyway, it's a it's a it's a crazy interesting movie. Um, I can't uh, this is the worst thing to bring up as <laughs> what I can't stop thinking about. But I if you know, you know, it. because if you're going to see it, it's it's just would give too much away. But it's it's one of those. It's like a family movie. Um, it's about regular people, but it has these weird like sci-fi elements awesome. to it, which which is very fun. There's a lot of great stuff in it. So, Paige, what about you? What do you, uh, you stop thinking about? Honestly, I can't stop thinking about how hard I worked over the weekend. I painted my bedroom ceiling and the walls, and I feel like an utter badass. Um, <laughs> I I understand now why professional painters charge what painting they do. ceilings is the worst <laughs> um oh my god um yeah so i'm uh, i'm just thinking about how i leveled up as a homeowner and i think i'll probably be pretty proud of myself nice. for a while and speaking speaking of hot weeds lynn says in the comments i will pay someone one million dollars to paint for me so so I, i'm actually gonna shut i'm gonna go get it I'm going to shut down Hepburn Creative right we'll now. We'll sell you and I'm her just email go address. To house and paint because <laughs> I will do that for a million dollars for sure. I think for me, I am thinking one thing that I can't stop thinking about is something hilarious that happened this weekend. We have two dogs, one that's about a year and a half and one that's a four and a half month old puppy. And we have uh, our, our older dog loves to swim in our backyard pool. And our younger puppy has just been like, not too sure about the whole swimming idea but the exciting thing is over the weekend yesterday she just started jumping in on her own so the time has come that now we have two dogs that love swimming in the pool so that's that's what i can't stop thinking about because it's incredibly adorable very good well it has been great talking with both of you 
today about this, this so topic and I'm Absolutely. excited to continue the conversation. So this has been the Hello First Name podcast. You can find us at hellofirstnamepod.com. Uh, and you, yeah, can, you can, if you'd like to subscribe, we will be on Apple Podcasts and probably eventually other places as well. Um, but I think we'll leave it there for today. I am Matt. I am Paige. And I'm David. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.